0: our message on, amen, defining moments. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. As you know, we have defining moments each and every day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And once again, let's look at the definition of the word define. It means state or describe exactly the nature, scope, or meaning of. It means to make up or establish the character of. It means to mark out the boundaries or limits of. Let me say it again. It means to state or describe exactly the nature, scope, or meaning of. It means to make up or establish the character of. And it means to mark out the boundaries or limits of. And we know the word moment is a particular stage in something's development or in a course of events. Once again, The word moment means it's a particular stage in something's development or in a course of events. And once again, what God is saying here, God is saying there are particular stages in your spiritual development. There are going to be some course of events in your life that would define or reveal your spiritual state. Even with this thing I talked about just a few minutes ago. We're going to find out people's spiritual state. Come on, say amen, somebody. But once again, God is saying there's there's a particular stage in your spiritual development. There are going to be some course of events in your life that will reveal or establish your character of who you really are. Amen. And they're going to mark out the boundaries, amen, or the limits you will put on yourself. Come on, say amen, somebody. So we're looking at what we call the hall of faith. I didn't turn it off, I guess. Hall of faith. We're seeing... Where each one of them had a defining moment in their lives. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. Because we know we're looking at Abraham, and he had a lot of defining moments. But we're learning from his defining moments. Because all of us have been faced with some of his defining moments. Come on, say amen, somebody. And God wrote the Old Testament so we can learn what to do and what not to do. Let me say it again. God gave us the Old Testament so we can learn what to do or what not to do. So we don't throw away the Old Testament, folks. The Old Testament is a very important book for us. Come on, say amen, somebody. So it says here, by faith, Abraham. When he was called to go out into a place which should after receive for an inheritance, he did what? Obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. And once again, you're going to find in every defining moment, your faith is involved in making the right decision. Right. Come on, say, somebody say, my faith is, faith is involved. Your faith is involved in making the right choice. Right. Amen. See, in that defining moment, we know your flesh sometimes gets in the way. That's right. And you make the Wrong choice. Sometimes your reasoning gets in the way, and you end up making the what? The wrong choice in that what? In that defining moment. And see, in that defining moment, it's going to have to be, I can't overemphasize this, in that defining moment, it's going to have to be by faith. Somebody say by faith. faith. Come on, somebody say by faith. faith. I got to use my faith. And we know Abram had to prove his greatness, amen, by passing ten tests of faith. Somebody say ten. Now, we've, last, last Wednesday, we went over eight and nine, amen, and we've seen nine of them. So look at the final and the tenth test of faith, or define a moment, because this is a big one. Tell your neighbor, this is a big one. Look at Genesis 22.1. This is a big one. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. And a reason that came to pass that after these things that God did what? He did what? Tempt Abraham and said unto them, Abram. And he said, Behold, here I am. Now, I want you to understand something here. After each defining moment, you know what God did? God exalted Abram. I mean, that should say something to you. <laughs> After each defining moment, God exalted Abraham. Come on. Come on. Think about it. Abraham left his homeland. He sent Ishmael and Hagar away. He went through nine trials or defining moments, folks. But there's one more defining moment that Abraham had to go through, and this is the only one the Torah calls specifically a test. Come on, are you with me out here? Amen. See, God exalted Abraham, amen, defining moment after defining moment after greatness after greatness. And see, at this moment, Abraham could not achieve nothing higher. So he thought. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Understand this. You see, right when you think you have arrived, let me say it again. Right when you think you have a ride and you think, oh, I I passed them all. Another defining moment will show up just to keep you humble and give you a spirit check. Just to see how spiritual you truly are or how much do you really love God like you say you do. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And see, understand that God called his name. God said, Abraham. And Abraham immediately said what? Behold, here I am, Lord. See, for you to respond that quickly to God, you have to know the voice of God. Let me say it again. For you to respond that quickly to God, you have to what? Know the voice, that comes from knowing the voice of God, folks. Amen. See, you have to learn, listen to me, folks, listen in, this, in these days and time, you have to learn how to hear the voice of God. You got to learn the voice of God. Amen. Somebody say, I got to learn the voice, the voice of God. So why? So when God calls upon you to do something, you're not wondering, is that me? Amen. Or is that the God or is that the devil? Come on, say amen, somebody. You know that you know that you know that is it's God speaking. What's it take to know the voice of God? It takes you continually reading your word. Oh, say amen, somebody. It takes you continually praying in the spirit. And then it takes you continually listening on the inside to what God is saying. What is that? Read your word, pray in the spirit, and then listening. Read the word, pray in the spirit, and then what? Listening. I didn't say just read the word. Even though God will speak to you through the word. But sometimes God wants to give you a rhema word on the inside. He wants to talk to you directly. If you're listening. But how do I do it? I read my word. I pray in the Holy Ghost. Then I what? I listen. What am I doing? I'm making myself sensitive to the voice of God. Tell your neighbor, you need that. Why? Why do I need to do that? Because sometimes... What God asks of you is something that your mind cannot comprehend, but you will know it came from him. Let me try that again. Why do I got to make, make myself sensitive to the voice of God? Because why? Because sometimes what God asks of you is something that your mind cannot comprehend, but you know that you know that was God's voice. And see, for Abraham, this is really going to be a big test of his spirituality. Come on. Defining moment. It was going to reveal and establish his character, whether or not he is a real, he's really the father of faith that he's so called. Come on. And it's going to mark out how far he is willing to go with God if he will put boundaries or limits to what God is requiring of him. So God says in verse 2, he says, and take now thy son. Take now thy what? Now, Abram right here is thinking, but I have two sons. Which one do I take? God says, thine only son. Let me say it again. God says, thine only son. Well, both sons are the only sons of their mother. So God gets specific. Come on, thine only son Isaac, whom thou love of. Now Abraham loved both his sons. So, he doesn't get, so, so that he doesn't get confused, God specifically says, Isaac boy. Isaac, somebody say Isaac. Isaac, whom thou loveth, and then he says, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a what? Burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Understand this, this has to be a defining moment for any parent. Especially if this child is the child that you waited for for all these years. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, he was 100 years old when he had this child. Can you imagine the love that he has for Isaac? And I'm pretty sure Isaac took up a lot of his time. Even the time he normally spent with God. So what did you do? God hid him in the most sensitive area of his life, that boy, what he loved the most. Come on, where he spent most of his time, where most of his affection was allotted. Oh, y'all with me? And for Abraham, it was what? His son. Somebody say his son. See for us it still it may be our children come on or it may be your job or it may be your hobby come on it may be whatever is taking up a lot of your time and affection including that relationship now, nowadays, it's even different. People have relationship with social media. And their telephones. <laughs> they can't depart from them. Come on, say amen, somebody. They can't get enough of them. See, for some, it may be that attitude you keep holding on to. Or something in your life that you just can't seem to give up. God tells him to offer up what you love the most because I want to see how much you really love me. Hey, mama, mama, Now, look at this closely because why? God didn't tell Abraham to slaughter him. He told him what? Bring him up as a what? An offering. Somebody says an offering. Now, we know when God made covenant of Abraham before, he told him what? To def- divide the animals in half. But here he just tells Abram to offer him. Now, Abram's understanding of an offering was the general rule. That once an animal was designated as an offering, the entire sacrificial service must be performed. Come on, are you with me out there? See, to him, that meant what? To him, that meant cutting my son in half and watching his blood flow in between the two halves. See, if someone was to sanctify an animal, he couldn't just say, all right, I'm not going to do it. He couldn't discharge his obligation by just placing it on the altar and taking it down. It didn't work like that in those days. Amen. See, you had to go through with the whole thing. Only God could tell Abraham not to, not to sacrifice Isaac. Only God could intervene to tell him don't do it. Somebody say only God. But understand this, only God can change it, and only God can change what he tells you. You can't change it. Your reasoning can't change it. Come on, are you with me out here? Even your circumstances cannot change it. The only one that can change what God says is God. Somebody say God. Look at verse 3. And Abram rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac, his what? His son, and clave the wood for burnt offering, and he rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Come on, he took everything that was needed, amen, to perform this ritual or, or the sacrifice. What did he do? He had the wood. Come on, say amen, somebody. He had the rope. He had the sacrifice, which to his understanding was his son. Amen? But once again, what's Abraham doing? Abraham stepping out in faith, folks. Come on, say he's stepping out in faith. Come on, understand this. He's been to what, nine trials? Come on, he's used to this by now. He's used to God saying, go out there. I'm not going to tell you where to go. You just go. So naturally, he's just, hey, I'm what? I'm stepping out in what? I'm stepping out in what? Come on, it's time to go. I'm going. Come on, are you with me out here? Don't ask, you know, God said, don't ask me right now. God said, I, I know God. You're not, you said, you're not going to tell me where. But as I step out in faith, I know you're gonna reveal it. Come on, say amen, somebody. But guess what? He still had to take the step of faith. I don't care how he used to he was used, how, how, how long he'd been used to it. He still had to what? Step out in what? Step out in what? Faith. Especially when God tells you to go kill your son. Look at verse 4 said, so then on the third day, Abraham did what? Lifted up his eyes and he what? He saw the place afar of off. Notice it says on the third day. This is three days. Come on, after three days travel, God reveals to him the place. Now, don't you think God could have showed him sooner? God could have told him sooner. But with his faith have had anything to do with it? If God told him sooner? His faith wouldn't have had any part of it because I already what? No. See, God is in the business of increasing our faith, folks. So like Abram, you can reach the pinnacle of your calling for your life. But God wants what? He wants what? Increase your faith. Tell you to be honest, increase your faith. Now, think about this. During those three days, what do you think was going through Abraham's mind? Come on, he had to go to bed and get up. He had to go to bed and get up. What would be on your mind? What would you be reflecting on? (laughs) Come on, you're picturing this thing. Come on, you see what's about to happen. Because you've done it time and time again. You've done it throughout your history. Come on, say amen, somebody. Since you've been serving God, you've been sacrificing animals. You've been cutting them in half and seeing God walk through the blood in one case. Now, this is your son. Day one goes by. Your mind is like throbbing at this point. Day two goes by. You know you're getting closer. Day three goes by. You getting close? God's about to say, reveal it somewhere, somehow. Come on! I'm thinking about all the things that God said was going to happen with this boy, and now I'm getting ready to kill him. Come on! You're reflecting. You're, listen, you're reflecting about all the good things you did for God. Come on, God, I did this. God, I did this. God, didn't you didn't you see me when I? Did this and when I did, I went to the land you told me before. Come on, I got a history here of obeying you by now. So these three days, I guarantee you, were days of torment. Somebody say days of torment. Because you're picturing this thing of me slicing my son in half and walking between the blood. These are three days of torment. Come on, are you with me out there? Amen. But what was he doing? I guarantee you he had, he had to do everything within his power to stay focused. To do what? And there's only one way he could have done that for those three days. Go to Isaiah 26.3. There's only one way he could have done this for those three days of torment. Come Isaiah 6, 3. What does it say here? That will keep him in perfect peace. Who's what? Who's what? Mind is stayed on thee because what? He trusts in thee. See, when you're presented with doing something you have never done or something that you see as, as a big challenge and you know it came from God, You know it's a serious, defining moment in your life. Come on, say amen, somebody. What you got to do, you got to get a hold of your mind. Tell you that, I got to get a hold of my mind. You have to control your thoughts, folks. Are you with me out here? Because it says here, those whose mind is what? Stayed on God. And see, this takes tenacity. This takes some power. Come on, say amen, somebody. It takes willpower. Amen. It takes drive. Come on. Because why? My mind wants to go everywhere and anywhere it wants to go, especially in an instant like this. So I got to what? I got to do what? Control my mind. How much casting down do I have to do during a time like that? I got to constantly do what? Cast down imaginations. Cast down what? Because you know the devil's throwing all kinds of imaginations at his mind. I mean, the devil's trying to get him to picture, his son, him burying his son. Then he got to give him a picture of telling your wife that I split my son in half. That's even worse. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. But you got to what? You got to go out, get a hold of your what? Thoughts in your mind. It says whose mind is what? Stayed on him. And God has given all of us the power and the ability to get a hold of our mind. Amen. You're in charge of what's going through your mind each and every day, folks. Somebody say, I'm in, I'm in charge. You can decide what to think about and what to meditate on. Somebody say, I'm in charge of that. And God is saying to do what I called you to do. And told you to do, you're going to have to stay focused, and you're going to have to control the thoughts in your mind. Anybody listening here? Amen. I got to do what? I got to control the thoughts in my mind, and I got to constantly do what? Redirect my mind where? 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 To God. Every day, folks. Every day. This is not a one-time thing. Amen? When you're really going through something, you've got to make sure you control your thoughts. Because your thoughts can make or break you. Let me say that again. Because your what? Your thoughts can make or break you. So it says what? Keep your mind on me. So that no matter how difficult it is, you can still have peace. Amen? Amen? And you're going to do it because why? You trust that everything's going to be all right because God said it. It's going to work out according to what? God's plan because verse 4 says, trust in the Lord for what? Forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is what? Everlasting strength. Listen, he will give you the strength to go through whatever he was requiring of you. Somebody say, he'll give me the strength. Come on, he'll give you the what? Strength. To go through whatever he's requiring of you. You just have to do what? Control what? Control my mind and control my what? Control my what? Thoughts. And he'll keep you in what? And he'll keep you in what? Come on, say it like you mean it. He'll keep you in what? Perfect peace. Come on, doesn't get any better than that. Go back to Genesis 22.4. Genesis 22.4. It says, then on the third day, Abram did what? Lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abram said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship. And those he said, and come again, what? And come again to you. This is the man of faith. This is the man of faith that Abram had become, folks. Now, he told those young men, me and the boy are going up yonder. Now, I'm pretty sure those young men were wondering, well, I see the wood. I see the rope. Come on, I see what he's going to make the fire with. They're wondering too, where is the sacrifice? But notice, Abram said, me and the boy, we're going to be back. Even though he knows God said, I'll your boy. But in his mind, he knows that that means now, he knows what that means. But guess what? But now he's speaking his faith. He's what? He's speaking his faith. He said, y'all just wait here. But me and my boy, we coming back. Even though God told him to kill his son, me and my boy, we coming back. Somebody say, we coming back. What he's doing? He's speaking his faith. Sometimes you got to speak your faith regardless of what it looks like, folks. Somebody say, I got to speak my faith. Regardless of what it looks like, I got to what? Speak my face. What's he doing? He's calling those things that be not as though they were as though they are. Come on, say amen, somebody. Where did he learn that from? God. Amen? Well, look at verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. He took the fire in his hand and a a what? A knife. And they went both of them what? Together. Amen. Now, you know, teenagers can be very curious. They can be very observant when they want to. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Even when they're on their phone, they can be very observant when they want to. Amen. Glory to God. So here he is. He's not really a teenager. How old do you think Isaac is around this time? Huh? It's a good try, Barry. <laughs> How old? He's 37 years old. So he wasn't a teenager at this time. Now in God's eyes, he's still a teenager if we live in 120 years plus. But he's 37 years old. Who's 37 and above in this room? (laughs) Nobody wanted to put their hands up. Most of the women was like. (laughs) I ain't telling my age. (laughs) Verse 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, Father. And he said, here, my son. And he said, Father. Oh, I'm looking at this now. You know, I've been with you plenty of times, you know, during offering. I've observed this plenty of times. Behold the fire. Behold the wood. I even see the knife in your hand. But where is the lamb for burnt offering? And Abram said what? My son. My what? My son, God will what? Provide himself a lamb for a what? Burnt offering. And so they both of them and so they went both of them together. See, this is the defining moment for Abraham and Isaac, folks. This was the defining moment for Isaac because why? He had Isaac had to decide whether or not his father was a man that heard from God. Come on, he was 37 years old. He was a young man. He was past his age of being punished. (laughs) He was too young and strong for his father to force him physically. So this had to be something he was willing to do because why? He trusts his father. Oh, come on. Are you with me out here? Or whoever's raising him if you're a single parent. Come on. Amen. But listen. Understand this. If you want to be a great influence in your child's life. Amen. They need to see your relationship with God. Say it again. If you want to be a great influence in your child's life, they need to see your relationship with God. They need to see you reading your Bible. They need to see you praying. They need to see you going to church. Come on, are you with me out here? They need to see you even going to early morning prayer. They need to see it. They need to see how adamant you are not to put anything before God and his word. Are you following me out here? See, you can't be at home while mama's taking the kids to church. And you can't be home talking about I'm watching TV preachers. Or watching on the internet so I don't have to go to church. Because guess what? When that trial goes up, they're going to do exactly what they seen you do. And if you put church on the back burner, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, they will put church on the back burner. Amen? Why? Because they've seen you do it. They're just copying what they've seen you do. Come on, on, say amen, somebody. Amen. amen. So he had to decide whether or not to yield to his father's advice concerning his life and future. But like I mentioned before about promise, he had to decide as to whether or not to strengthen the relationship between him and his father or say, Father, uh-uh, I can't do this. Okay. Father, you on your own. I love you, but you on your own. I have my own plans for my life. There are a lot of things I want to experience before I make that sort of commitment. Come on. Well, it says, so they went both of them what? It says so they went both of them what? Together, both of them in agreement, both of them trusting in God. Come on, say amen, somebody. Both of them keeping their minds stayed on God. This shows that because of the way he was raised he had a what? He had a degree of spiritual insight or he would have never went. Isaac knew at this point that he was the offering, But yet they went both of them together. He knew I'm going to die today. But they went, both of them together. They went with the same attitude and the same common purpose that was, we're going to fulfill God's will. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and did what? Laid the wood. What? And? 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 I want you to concentrate on the word, in, in order. Somebody say in order. Now, he didn't just throw the wood up there talking about what's wrong with God. He got me a best sacrifice than my son. What's wrong with him? Most of you would have been throwing the wood on the wood. That mean it. Come get me to kill my son. Come on, you know that would not, would not have been in order. <laughs> Why? Because you would have been willing on the outside. But you're not obedient on the inside. And there's a lot of things we do on the outside. But our heart's truly not in it. Come on. And it will eventually... Show. Come on, are you with me? It will what? Eventually show. And this right here shows where his heart was. It showed that his mind was still stayed on who? On God. So he laid the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on an altar upon the what? Wood. Now they're still both in what? Agreement, regardless of how bad it looks for both of them right now. Now, we talked about the faith of Abraham to sacrifice his only son that he loved. But we need to always point out the faith of Isaac in allowing his father to bound him like an animal, knowing what usually happens next. And this is also a demonstration. Listen to me now. This is also a demonstration of how much a child loves their father or parent. Are they willing to do whatever they are told to do, even if they don't understand why right now? Amen. And all the young people said. But remember, it's not just teenagers. Isaac was 37 years old. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Are they willing to do what they're told to do, even if they don't understand why right now? That shows you how much they really love their parents. Do they trust that their parents have have their best interest in their heart? But remember, Isaac was still there when when his father said, me and the lad are going yonder. Or you got, we're going yonder, but we'll be what? We'll be back. So he truly trusts what his father said. And he trusts what the Lord said. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Look at verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to do what? To do what? To slay his son. Now, there were all kinds of emotions going through Abraham. I mean, I can only imagine the emotions that was going through him as he raised that nice up in the air. I know there's probably thoughts of joy that he's doing what God told him to do. But there's also thoughts of what? Sadness because I'm getting ready to kill my promised child that I waited till I was 100 years old to have. But guess what? One thing about Abraham, he was willing to prove how much he really loved God. He wasn't just lip syncing, like most people do. He's willing to what? Prove it. Somebody say, "Prove it," and see. But God, see, God knew where his heart was. But did Abraham really know it? Come on, say "Amen," somebody. Amen. See, sometimes you have to show yourself approved of God you got to prove to yourself that there's nothing in this world that would that I would place before God nothing somebody say nothing. nothing and see the binding of Isaac represented total submission to God total you know that's some serious total submission verse 11 and the angel of the Lord called upon called unto him out of heaven, saying, "What, Abraham, Abraham?" And he said again, "What, here am I?" He didn't call his name once. He called it how many times? Twice, just to make sure Abraham heard it. And Abraham said, "What, here am I?" While he's holding the knife in the hand, about to come down with it. But listen to me now. All the time he's still listening for the voice of God and reminding himself of what God said about this boy. Many nations are coming out of him. I know God's about to do something, but I got to follow through with it. But I, 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 I'm just listening. When are you going to stop me, God? What? Something's got to happen. Come on, sit in I'm going to do what God told me to do, but I know, I know, I know something good's got to come out of this. Something miraculous is going to come out of this, but I'm going to follow through, but I know God's about to do something. Think about your own life. See, when God tells you to do something, That you would normally want to do. There's something behind that. Greater than what you're facing. Come on. Say amen somebody. God's about to do something miraculous. God's about to do something supernatural. But he has to get you to look past. What you're seeing in front of you. Are you with me out there? Verse 12. It says. And he said. Lay not thine what? hand upon the lad. Neither do thou any what single them him, for now, listen to this now. But now what? But now what? I know that thou what? Fear of God. Seeing what? Seeing not just speaking. Not just mouth lipping. Come on, say amen somebody. But seeing thou what? Has not withheld thy son Thy only son from me. Think about the relief. Because When you read this, you got you to put yourself there. Think about the relief he felt when he heard those words. Think about his trust in God became very real at that period of time. And his trust skyrocketed when he heard those words. Lay not thy hand upon thy son. And says in verse 13, Abraham did what? Lifted up his eyes and looked. See, he opened up his eyes and looked because looked around because why? Regardless, something had to be sacrificed. He couldn't just unbound eyes and just let him, let him go and go back down the hill. Something had to be what? Something had to be what? Something had to be cut down the middle and burned. And all of a sudden, he heard a noise behind him. Come on, all of a sudden, he heard a noise behind him. And behold, behind him a what? Ram caught in the thicket by his what? Horns. See, that ram was at the right time. At the right place. Stuck in the right thicket. Talking about divine timing, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because notice, Abram didn't have to chase it down. He didn't have to work for it. He didn't have to bust a sweat for it. It says, and Abram went and what? Took the ram. And offering up for what? Burnt offering in the stead of his son. God is an on-time God. Somebody say, God is an on-time God. Come on, tell your neighbor, God is an on-time God. Even when you think it's finished. And there's no way out. No way out of what I'm going through. God has never finished. He always has a ram in the bush. Somebody say he always has a ram in the bush. He just needs you to trust him. And be willing to do anything he asks you to do without hesitation or reasoning. Verse 14, it says, and Abraham called the name of that place, what? Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. In other words, Jehovah-Jireh, as we know it, means what? God will provide, but then it says, it shall be seen. God will provide. And it shall be seen. This side a little dead over here. God will provide. This one sleep. And it shall be seen. God will provide. And it shall be what seen. In other words, you're about to see some things. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what did God do for Abraham when he went through one of the most challenging, defining moments? Look at verse 15. It says, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven a second time. And he said, by myself I have sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in what? That in what? Blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying I will multiply thee. Thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall what? Possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because Why? 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 God has obeyed my voice. What's God doing? He is reaffirming and reassuring Abraham that all I said concerning their promise is going to happen. It's going to happen. And so verse 19 says, so Abraham returned unto his young men. Just like he, would, just like he said he would. Come on. And I guarantee his young men said, wow, he's, he's, he's back. And Isaac's with him. He said, return unto his young man, and they rose up and went together where? And Beersheba, and Abram what? Dwelt at Beersheba. This was a serious defining moment, folks. Amen? A serious defining, wouldn't you agree? Amen. This defining moment right here, when when I heard this story for the first, not first time, but when I really heard it, was a defining moment in my life. And one of the reasons, I'm here today. Because at the time, I was in this valley of decision. Yep. I was a senior vice president for Primerica. Somebody somebody of you, you probably knew about Primerica. I was top ten in the state of Michigan every month. But I was having challenges on the inside. There was a battle going on on the inside. And then it came to a place I kept hitting the wall. I kept hitting the wall. And I couldn't go any further. I kept hitting the wall. And I could say, why am I hitting this wall? Amen? And I couldn't understand why until I was watching, I believe it was Benny Hinn. And he was talking about this story right here. He's talking about idols. And God said, you know, you know, he's talking about, you know, people got idols in their life. You know, at the time I was young in the Lord, I'm thinking of idols, a statue. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I said, I ain't got no statues here. (laughs) I'm looking out through my house here. I got some statues. Maybe I bought some home from Korea or somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) so I'm thinking what in the world is my idol and I'm sitting there meditating on it what is my idol what is my idol and then I heard Primerica I said oh Lord I felt something in my heart (laughs) drop. I said Primerica and it just came to me think about it where do you spend most of your time Primerica. Where do you spend most of your mind thinking about? Primerica. My life was engulfed in Primerica. I ate, slept, drank, woke up with Primerica. (laughs) I know I'm by myself. I had my, because my attitude was if I get involved with something, I got all in. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Yeah. And I got all in, and I did rise to the top. Yeah. So when he said Primerica, that hit. <laughs> but as he was explaining, he says, as you're going towards, say this, the mountain." Here again on the other side, same distance. He said, "As you're going, you step at the same time I'm stepping." He said, "As you're going towards the mountain to do what God told you to do, sacrificing what you spend the most time with, you may not see what's on the other side of the mountain, but every step you make, the ram was taking the same step." Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. The ram was taking the same step. Until it came to the point where I said I gave it up, the ram was in the bush. You can say that. That changed my life. Because why? I didn't know my company was an idol, I was still going to church. But it was my life. And God says, it's an idol. He said, give it up. Find you a job. A job! <laughs> a nine to five? <laughs> so I started looking through the paper. You know, I'm looking at the executive jobs. <laughs> I mean, somebody could use my skill set. Come on, say amen, somebody. I'm looking, I ain't find nothing. 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 And then what jumped off the page, the one word of faith, it was Cole's department store. <laughs> Maintenance department. Maintenance department. And that was a battle for me. Taking off my tie that I wore every day. Because I I was a businessman. So I thought. (laughs) My ties, my wife said she never liked anyway, but I liked my ties. <laughs> I liked my ties. Take my tie off to put on a maintenance uniform. And I was a child. I said, okay, God, I'm gonna do it. I went over to the coast, drove, it's already on the east side of Detroit. It's 45 minutes away. <laughs> Straight down eight mile, Eastland, Eastland Mall. They're all closed now. Went in there and I sat there with the lady. And she said, okay, you're applying for a job. I said, Maine, do you have any experience? And I had experience because, you know, in the military, you know, we did all the cleaning. I had, you know, I ran buffers and all that stuff in the military. Amen. So I told her, you know, I, yes, I, I have experience. She said, okay. All right. She said, what are you applying for? Well, I'm applying for the supervisor position. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> And she said, at least I got a little favor. She said, okay, um, all right. Okay, we're going to hire you for the supervisor position. But I said one thing. Listen to me close. I said one thing. I said, before you hire me, I'm going to let you know right now. This is before I got in there. Before I said I do. I said, I'm going to let you know now I go to church on Sunday. I said, I'll, I work hard and I do my job with excellence. I told her, I told her, I said, if you allow me to go to church for those two hours during the service, driving there and driving back, I will come back at the church, put back on my uniform. And make sure everything that I was supposed to do gets done before I clock out. And she agreed. And I was the only one in that department store coming in there with my suit on my back. And then they at, at nine o'clock, they see me putting my suit on, walking out, shower a breath of tea. <laughs> and they was upset who do you think he, he just got here and he get to go to church but that was fever come on say amen somebody and I did that every day when I came back I honored my word when I came back took off the suit put it in the locker and I worked but it was a humbling experience why I was how many experience because understand this: I was a senior vice president. Yeah. People knew me yep. right. now they come walking in Cole's Department stuff, oh. and they see me cleaning gum off the carpet oh. hey, <laughs> like this, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they looking and they say, "Aren't you? Oh. Yeah. Well, aren't you?" Aren't you, Ron Walker, the guy that was at the top of the list every month, and you in here cleaning carpets? Tell your neighbor, that's a defining moment. But if it wasn't for me to take that position, I would have never got to word of faith. To apply for the maintenance position, because that was another defining moment. <laughs> Why? Because now that they knew who I was, and I was like I said, I was excellent at what I did. They used to make. They would used to have me go to all the department stores, and shine their floors. I would have them looking like glass. So they had me and this white girl. We 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 go through all the stores. At night, Miss Walker, no. At night, we go We all the stores and shine the floors. So, you know, I was feeling kind of a little important. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little important. And then I'm sitting up there in church one day, just listening to the Word, and all of a sudden, Bishop or Burley Jackson, who was the head man at that time, he said, over the pulpit, well we're have an opening for the maintenance department. <laughs> <laughs> and then I heard God apply. I said, "I oh, know. <laughs> I said, "You know how much they pay." <laughs> <laughs> You know how much the church pay? I didn't know how much church pay, but I, I knew they weren't going to pay much. <laughs> and God said, they're not your source. He says, I'm your source. But I didn't say, okay, God, I still had a battle. Come on, that was still a challenge for me. So, you know, I'm, I'm fighting back and forth, fighting back and forth. Minister Joyce Burton, she's our prayer, she was our prayer warrior leader. I went down to her office and said, Mama Joyce, they just, they uh, I, God told me to apply for the the maintenance position." I went back and I told the company that I might be leaving. They said, how much money you want? Oh, my God. Was wow. Now it's a real defining moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went back to Mama Joyce and said, they asked me how much money I want, and you know, and, and you're not much worse with Faye, right, because you work here but <laughs> 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 hey, hey man she said and she she made she she hit it she hit it right on the nose, and she hit it. she she was always straightforward she says, did they offer you that before you went to them and told them you was going to go leave I said, no, they didn't offer you that she said, therefore, the reason they offer you that because they're trying to keep you. From what God wants for your life. Amen. Amen. She explained, she said, doesn't matter if God says you work here. She started explaining, look at the anointing you'll be under. Amen. You'll be around in areas that most people in the congregation will never, ever, ever go. Amen. 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 You'll see things that everybody else will never see. That's right. And you'll be under the anointing and of, that, of your pastor doing what God called you to do. Amen. Amen. And I went and quit. But that was a defining moment. Yep. But everything came to play. Because it was that that time when I started working for maintenance, I did everything with the same tenacity I did for coals. With the spirit of excellence. And to the point where... I didn't even know people were watching me. And that's when I was in the sanctuary because I didn't think about nothing. I was thinking about doing my job and fulfilling what God told me to do and fulfilling the vision of this man who's my pastor. That's it. I wasn't looking for no promotion or anything like that. And I was walking through the sanctuary one time because, you know, like I said, I do my job good. And I walked, and the bishop came to the, he was pastor at that point, he came to the sanctuary and said, Ron! I froze. I said, I know he ain't talking to me. I didn't even know the man knew my name. <laughs> I know he knew my name. And I, was, I said, Move that plan over there. I said, Okay, he knows my name. The pastor knows my name. That was, that was new to me. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. But we had immense fellowship, and me and Pastor Burt were sitting on a table. And he had, us, he had me and Pastor Burt. He's, he's, he's our pastor in, in Mississippi. I sat on table right beside him. I was beside him and Pastor Bert, And me and Pastor Burt was laughing because, you know, we basically knew each other in the world. Pastor Bird came over and said, you remember where I knew you from? I said, no. I bumped into you on the dance floor at the, the club down there. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, here we are both up here. <laughs> Amen. That he has us up here. And then Bishop pulled over to, he leaned over to his side and said, you know why you're up here? He said, because since you came to the church, I've been watching you. I've been watching how you work. I've been watching how you ain't worried about what nobody sees you. You just did what you were supposed to do, and you did it with excellence. He said, that's why you're up here. Awesome. Amen. Defining moments, folks. Lift your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, Lord. Come on, let's give God praise. Come on, give God glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.